0: so important that we get to do this, so important that we get to learn from each other. I've learned so much from Brandon, not just about the clean energy world and the climate world, but also some of the stuff they did in the Obama administration that I really hated, that I didn't fully understand. Why would you make these loans? Why would you interact with these companies? For me, it looked like you know a green handout to campaign donors. I've come to learn that there were you know technologies that were on the verge of being able to be commercialized that I was just completely unaware of. So for me personally, if Brandon did not cross the aisle, if he did not engage with me, I wouldn't have half the contacts that I have in the clean energy space. I wouldn't have a lot of the information that I have from the climate and clean energy world. And then I would be another Republican who did not want to work on this.
1: In the spirit of Thanksgiving, we're doing a special episode of Political Climate, where we say thanks to our listeners and cheers to the climate change work happening on both sides of the aisle. We know the holidays can be difficult. It can be tough to get along in these polarized times, and family conversations can get heated. We get it. Heck, sometimes we have those conversations on this show. But it's all in the interest of breaking out of our self-contained opinion bubbles. So we're going to lean into those difficult conversations in this episode, first by sharing some listener feedback, followed by an extended edition of our Say Something Nice segment, where our Democrat and Republican co-hosts have to say something redeeming about the opposing political party. This is Political Climate, presented by the USC Schwarzenegger Institute. I am Julia Piper, your host, contributing editor at Green Tech Media and senior fellow at the Atlantic Council. And those co-hosts I mentioned are Brandon Hurlbut, partner at Boundary Stone Partners and former chief of staff at the Department of Energy, as well as Shane Skelton, a Republican, partner at S2C Pacific, and former energy advisor to Paul Ryan. So with that, here goes. First up, we've got listener feedback. I think this is a great place to start in, in thanking our listeners for engaging with us and really leaning into that commentary. So this is going to start out sort of like celebrities reading mean tweets, that segment on The Jimmy Kimmel Show. So Shane, let's start with you. Can you share something you've recently received from the sphere?
0: One, right off the bat, and I'm reading, this is Relurk is the name. I don't know his or her actual name. R-E-L-U-R-K is the Twitter handle. Honestly, need to give you some props. The whole, open quote, I promise I'm not like all the other members of my party on climate change, close quote, is a really capital idea for a grift. Well done. Very swampy. (laughs) Now, I love this both because it's funny, but also because everyone pretends like, you know, there's no money in fossil fuel anymore. Like the smart move for money is to go into clean energy. I'd hate to tell everyone out there in the real world that uh, in the D.C. world, uh, fossil fuel is where pretty much all the money's at. So, not a great grift to walk away from a ton of money, but still appreciate the comment, Relerk.
1: So you're taking issue with the grifter comment because you actually do work in clean energy and not in oil.
0: Right. And so if I was putting money over well-being, I'd be in that industry, not this one.
1: Yeah, got it. Um, another one for Shane. Please don't let Shane talk at South by Southwest. And when will you discuss an omnibus climate bill? I'm not sure an omnibus climate bill exists just yet. There has been some discussion in the Senate uh, from Senator Chuck Schumer that one would possibly be coming in future. When there is one, we will definitely discuss. Anyway, this is from Arn on Twitter, but uh Shane, um, sorry but you're cut from the South. Yeah, Arn, I
0: mean, come on, man. That's like that's messed up. A man or woman. I guess I don't know. It's a man, um yeah. not not cool. Um, and yes, <laughs> You know what? DM me about the omnibus climate bill and I'll talk about it all you want.
1: (laughs) But that's a good reminder to our listeners that we are indeed going to South by Southwest next year. So uh, look out for that. I believe we're on on March 14th. That's a Saturday morning. If you're coming to South by, put that on your schedule and we'll have some more details on the exact content of that show coming up in the next few weeks.
2: Yeah, that tweet said we shouldn't have Shane at South by Southwest, but we're going to be in Texas, so we might need a Republican to be with us. (laughs) Maybe not in Austin.
1: (laughs) So, Shane, you really did get the brunt of the negative feedback, but admittedly, these are trying times, and we decided to lean into these issues, so that is on us. Uh, Speaking of trying times, here's another piece of listener feedback. This one comes from Adam G, 1984 and he says, I'm not going to lie, the events in Oregon, referring here to when Republican lawmakers actually left the state to block a climate bill from passing, and then a militia got involved and it turned into a complete debacle. This user says, I'm not going to lie, the events in Oregon have caused me to stop listening to political climate. But because I respect your work, I'm totally open to being convinced to return to the fold. So this happened several months ago, the Oregon ordeal, but I think the point here is still relevant and I want us to discuss because as a general rule, when something extreme happens or it's a situation like the one in Oregon where norms seem to be thrown out the window, it can be hard to want to continue to engage. And while the U.S. is a large and diverse country, it has two major political parties. And so it can be tempting to want to write off anyone and everyone aligned with the other team or perhaps turn off a bipartisan podcast. So so I totally get that there are moments where you just wanna tune out, but say you're like Adam G and you're open to reconnecting and re-engaging. Brandon, what would you say if you could speak to him directly?
2: Yeah, I would say, I was watching Bill Maher's show last Friday. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of his, many, many people are not, uh, including Shane. But he had this riff at the end of the show about thanksgiving and he said uh, when you go home to your family for thanksgiving like don't try to win thanksgiving uh people are going to disagree with you um and he made a point that we have to live together in this country it's kind of a 50 50 country in in many ways um he talked about like the most important three words in a, in a relationship um in a marriage or not i love you but let it go <laughs> so i would say uh you know with shane um uh, you know, we disagree on things, but I have learned, um, you know, a lot from Shane on this show. And I don't. There are things that I really disagree with him on, and and I will say it. But there are things that you just sort of have to let it go sometimes, um, because we are going to have to live together in this country. And I think what we're trying to do in some ways on this show is show a pathway forward on that how to normalize these conversations when you can disagree with somebody and that it's probably uh not the right idea to only hang out people you agree with um can you hang out at your family thanksgiving dinner with people in your family that you don't agree with or can you have friends that like you have disagreements on policy uh and so i've learned a lot and you know i think we're just trying to show uh that it's doable And I'm very grateful for Shane uh, doing this show because he has he takes a lot more hits and he's Twitter like Shane gets beat up all the time on it. And he (laughs) He doesn't
1: shy away. (laughs) He is taking a position that is an opposite of his political party for the most part. I I am not. Well, Brandon, you may not be at odds with the Democratic Party, but you did not get totally exempt from the Twitter action. I wouldn't say this is a mean tweet so much as some thoughtful but challenging feedback. It comes from Joe Daniel, who started by saying that he thinks you, Brandon, uh, are smart and he likes the way that you spar with Shane, but said that some of the commentary feels like talking points. And noticed this when on a week when you were out, the criticism was specifically this. It isn't really a bipartisan show. It's a show with two partisans politely discussing the issues. Polite political conversations are refreshing, but I would love to see the show push in the direction of more consensus building, finding common ground on political issues and building on it. Maybe that requires more nonpartisan guests. So what do you think, Brandon? Because this was initially directed at you, do you feel like we get stuck in covering talking points rather than solutions?
2: Not at all. I want to disabuse (laughs) any viewer that has or any listener that has um, that notion. First of all, I don't get any talking points. These are just, you know, know, my opinions. Yeah, I'm just trying to pass along things that I have learned, uh, and I'm trying to learn together from Julia, from Shane, you know, from our listeners. I'm actually—many—there are people in the Democratic Party that aren't happy, you know, with me because they feel like I'm supporting a candidate that is unelectable and is going to hand the election over to Trump. So many of my establishment friends, um, you know, think— are not in agreement with me. So I am not parroting you know, Democratic Party talking points uh, in any way, shape, or form on here. And one thing I just really appreciate about our show is that I don't come on here, neither does Shane, to win a debate. I'm not trying to score points. That is what happens on cable news. That is why we are different. If you want to go see people beat each other up and try to win a debate, there are plenty of outlets on that with Twitter and cable news. I try to learn... And I want to know where we can find common ground with Republicans or if we can. Uh, and so we started the show to let our listeners sort of be a part of that.
1: Yeah, and we will be doing more of this in 2020, where we're talking about solutions. We're going to actually get super detailed on pathways to get to net zero carbon emissions by 2050, which is the necessary target outlined by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. So so there will be more of that coming soon. And going back to what you just said, Brandon, there is a lot of debate on these issues even within the Democratic Party, right? Not It's across-
2: representative of what's happening in the party because people think a lot of the things that I believe in on the Green New Deal and World War II mobilization around climate change uh, are not feasible, uh, and they prefer more pragmatic uh, solutions. Uh, but I am interested in progress, and I'm interested in learning from Shane, like, how can we create durable climate change policies where there is bipartisan agreement? And uh, it's uh, it's int- we're not going to learn that Uh, by just talking to ourselves. So the only way we're going to learn that is by talking to a Republican. And so that's what we're doing here.
0: Three things to to sort of comment on there. All I think are are pretty important. One, the reason we can't focus on nonpartisan guests or nonpartisan and it has to be bipartisan is that Brandon is never more than likely going to vote the way I vote. And I'm never going to vote the way he votes. That is not what the expectation can be in a discussion like this. The expectation has to be We're gonna disagree about things, but we're trying to solve a problem together. So when we talk about how do we get Republicans to vote for climate policies, what I'm not talking about is how do we find more moderate Republicans? I hope we do, because I'm one. But what I'm talking about is how do you find the most conservative Republican you've ever found and convince them that even they benefit from these solutions? I'm not trying to water it down and make it middle of the road. I'm saying be as conservative as you want. Be as liberal as you want. We have a shared problem and we need a shared solution. And, and, And you know, as Brandon said about the show, It's so important that we get to do this, so important that we get to learn from each other. I've learned so much from Brandon, not just about the clean energy world and the climate world, but also some of the stuff they did in the Obama administration that I really hated, that I didn't fully understand. Why would you make these loans? Why would you interact with these companies? For me, it looked like you know a green handout to campaign donors. I've come to learn that there were you know technologies that were on the verge of being able to be commercialized that I was just completely unaware of. So for me personally, if Brandon did not cross the aisle, if he did not engage with me, I wouldn't have half the contacts that I have in the clean energy space. I wouldn't have a lot of the information that I have from the climate and clean energy world. And then I would be another Republican who did not want to work on this. And so I think it's really, really important to understand that while we can always learn from each other, especially if you're on the left, If you don't sort of work with the people on the right that you know and just tell them what you know, then they might not believe you. They might not agree with you. But I can tell you that my transition to being pro clean energy and being able to really formulate what I think is a strong conservative message for these policies is in large part because of the relationships I have here on this podcast, where I'm not just here to win, as Brandon said, but I'm here to learn. Also, there are some conversations, I'll be honest, I want to win uh, when we're talking about who's going to win an election. But when we're talking about a specific policy outcome, I don't need a win. I just want to figure out why you did what you did and some of it, you know, I'm going to think is pretty smart. So, I'm grateful for for these relationships. I'm grateful for our listeners that have allowed us to continue to do this. Um and I really think it is important that it's bipartisan, not nonpartisan because we just don't live in a nonpartisan world. We live in a very partisan world.
1: Does your family do the thing at Thanksgiving where you go around the table and say what you're thankful for? I hope that's your answer, if so. <laughs> uh,
0: we don't, actually. Uh, and my family is one of those families who so I know that sounds stupid, but we never fight. There's never, like, we don't have political, like, I don't even know probably how most of my family votes. just doesn't come up. I make my kids do that every night. I tell them, like, you know, what was the favorite thing that happened today? That's my way of saying, like, you know. We sort of do a rose and thorn. It's like,
2: what are the things you're, you're most grateful for from this year, and what is the thing that pissed you off the most <laughs> Just let it air year? out. Yeah, you just let, let it air out. I you feel like start, Shane's start, gonna start be the answer to this. This is about family. It just has to be, you know, like I'm really pissed off they canceled the 90210 reboot. Like I thought it was great. I was really excited about it. I'm like actually really pissed off that they like, canceled it. <laughs>
0: I just learned something new about Brandon. Wow. Well, and on Brandon's Not what terrible, I thought you would say. yeah, on his terrible entertainment choices. Can I can I do one more? Because this is Jim yes. Sandercock. Who's been a really good listener and really yes. good at interacting with us on Twitter? A we Canadian? were talking about, uh, I did not know that. So Brandon was erroneously pretending as though Game of Thrones was even near equivalent of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And in response to this, Jim Sandercock gave me the backhanded compliment, which was I guess with enough topics, Shane Skelton would eventually be right about something. I'll <laughs> take the win, but I mean, at that- it clearly implies I'm right about nothing else. Brandon <laughs> Herlbutt, it looks like you're on the wrong side of superhero history. So thank you, Jim, for listening and for pointing out that even people who disagree with me on everything know that that Brandon's kind of Game of Thrones. Get out of here.
1: <laughs> well, on the topic of finding something nice to say, I wanted to highlight a tweet from Solar Fred or Tor Valenza in the real world He's been very critical of Republican inaction and even obstruction on climate policy. But at one point he did tweet, quote, Maryland launches governor's task force on solar and wind siting." If I'm going to say anything nice about a Republican, it's going to be Maryland Governor Larry Hogan for his climate and energy support. Here it is. Thank you for leading. No other Republican is. So even from a critic there, a glimmer of hope.
0: Uh, a little feedback for Solar Fred. Great to say something nice about Larry Hogan. But to all of our listeners, I would be really grateful for this Thanksgiving if you'd pay a little bit more attention to what some Republican politicians are doing. And here's why. Politicians' job is to get elected. So if we're in the policy realm, if we're in the academic realm... Then you can criticize and argue and all that sort of stuff. But politicians' only real job is to get elected. So when they do go out on a limb and try to do the right thing, even if it's in conflict with most of their party, maybe give them a pat on the back and a little credit, uh, because that helps them understand that hey, I may still get elected even if I continue to do this. So illustrative of
2: where the Republicans are at, like Shane thinks the primary job of a politician is to get elected. They pr- proven to be pretty good at that. I view the primary job of a politician is to like serve the public.
0: Well, I view it as two roles. One is as a public servant post-election. And your your goal, yes, absolutely. Serving the public is your only responsibility. But you're not a public servant until you get elected. You're a politician. And then your only job is to get elected so that you can be a public servant.
1: Well, I think Solar Fred's point here is that he's waiting on the governing part from the Republican Party. Feeling like, you know. It's all just about
2: getting elected and then they don't get <laughs> to the second point.
1: Right. Well, after all that uh, mudslinging, I'll just say we wanted to get some of those mean tweets out there because, look, we get it. We know that these are tough political times. We are well aware of the broader political context, and we don't want to shy away from it. We're, we're here to have those tough conversations, and we actually hope that listening to some of these episodes might have shed some light on how maybe a family member of yours is thinking about these issues, and maybe you can have a conversation about it this Thanksgiving weekend. Who knows? And on that note, we actually do have a lot of positive feedback from listeners. So some of those are, you know, Michael Collins tweeted, shout out to Shane Skelton for recognizing that a carbon fee and per capita dividend doesn't hurt low income households. It helps protect them during the energy transition. Something you said, Shane. (laughs) <laughs> fist pump to that. Uh, we had a Helena Maria say, hi, I've been listening to a few episodes of the pod. I love it. The beauty in democracy when you really hear each other instead of getting polarized. The least we can do is try to understand different opinions and ideas for solutions. Also, finally, Brandon Smithwood, he's been an an awesome loyalist over the year. And he said, you know, to think I told Stephen Lacey, he is the uh, former editor at Green Tech Media, where I'm still contributing editor. And we were both there when we launched this podcast. Brandon said, to think I told Stephen there were too many podcasts eating crow. You proved me wrong with every show. Love the field interviews. So, Thank you, Brandon, for listening. Thank you so much for that feedback. It really does uh, mean a lot. And thanks to Stephen Lacey, who really helped get this podcast off the ground. And with that, let's round out this episode with our Say Something Nice segment of the show, where our Democrat and Republican co-hosts say something redeeming about the opposing political party. We always end our podcast in this way, but today we're going to do a bit of an extended edition in the spirit of coming together for Thanksgiving.
0: That'll be hard for Brandon. He usually struggles to come up with one. So we'll have to see. (laughs) (laughs) I brought a couple today.
1: So yeah, we'll have a couple. And uh, that'll be our way to end on this uh, Thanksgiving week. So um, Shane, let's go to you first.
0: Wow. Um, okay, so first I wanted to, and I'm still going to, uh, use my say something nice on whatever Democrats in the House Ways and Means Committee are pushing for this uh, storage ITC. Last week we covered um, the ITC and some of what I don't like about it, but I think it's really important to extend these tax uh, incentives for renewable energy. And I think that storage, uh, while we all talk about it in sort of the energy policy space as a silver bullet, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but it's certainly the closest thing we have to a silver bullet. And so it needs to be you know, treated as such and, and given the same sort of incentive as other things. Uh, Happy that the Democrats in the House are pushing for that. You next, Brandon. You can come back to me.
1: Yeah, let's do it back and forth. All right.
0: So there's a lot of talk about
2: resilience right now with a lot of the, you know, extreme weather events that have Mm -hmm. been caused by uh, climate change. And the House of Representatives just approved a bill Uh, to improve the nation's disaster resilience by requiring communities to use stronger building codes when they spend federal funds to restore damaged structures. 71 Republicans voted for that bill. So that's a sign of progress.
1: All right. Shane, over to you.
0: I like that. I mean, first of all, I love that. I think people have to understand (laughs) that every part of the country, we talk about California with wildfires, but there are resilience issues everywhere, whether it's hurricanes, floods, or other sort of disasters. So good. You know, i'm I'm running low. But my most important and favorite uh, say something nice about a Democrat is for my buddy Brandon Hurlbutt. I really, truly am grateful. And I tell you this in private. But for his friendship, his sage wisdom, advice. I don't mean any of this in a backhanded way. Enjoy the time I spend with them. Enjoy all the exposure I've gotten to new opportunities, new ways of thinking, new people. And this podcast has been really special for me because of the audience and, and you guys listening, but also uh, because of all the time I've gotten to spend with both Brandon and Julia, but I'm not going to peg her as a Democrat. So uh, <laughs> that's my, that's my final say something nice for this holiday season.
1: All right, Brandon, back to you. Anything else?
0: Well, I got a couple. That was very nice, Shane. Thank oh, you. Right. you know, for the compliment, Brandon dominating, yeah, but to say I,
1: I, something I, nice. I brought it man. today.
2: Um, <laughs> Senator Cassidy from Louisiana uh, introduced a bill in the Senate to establish the Office of Technology Transitions within the DOE to help commercialization of technologies to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. This is really valuable because. I was at the DOE for a long time, and there's a lot of great work that happens in the national labs. Uh, and then getting those technologies to market uh, is something that I think we could do better. And so uh, Senator Cassidy has proposed a bill that would establish this office and try to make that transition easier. Uh, that would help address climate change, help, you know, accelerate um, our business development, uh, commercialize these technologies. So uh, that's really great. Uh, I have another one. Um, You know, we are recording this show in the midst of all the impeachment uh, stuff, so we don't want to get too much into that. But (laughs) it's a hard
1: time to try and say something. Yeah, it really is.
2: I mean, there's a lot at stake here. And I do appreciate uh, Republicans that um, that do appreciate the the gravity of this situation in D.C. And Nebraska State Senator John McAllister. uh, So this is Nebraska. Right? Mm-hmm. This is a conservative state, and he's a high-ranking elected official in the state, said, I am under no obligation to conform to a brand of republicanism whose central tenet appears to be blind obedience to a charismatic leader. I will side with the Constitution. Let all reasonable Republicans unite. Let's take our party back from these charlatans. Now, I appreciate you know somebody like him that's willing to step out because I do think uh, it's important that, this be approached in a bipartisan way and not looked at because it, it shouldn't be the constitution abusing power and all this should not be um uh, partisan endeavor uh and last i just want to say for this thanksgiving uh that i am grateful for this podcast uh grateful for shane grateful for julia grateful for Vic- victoria um there's a, i think a lot of times when we've all been like should we can ke- should we keep doing this is it working is anyone listening um, we all have busy schedules so we take time out this is not like a big money maker for anybody on this podcast uh, we'd we'll be spending the time in many other ways and um, you know and when I left the Obama administration I felt uh, I wanted to have a different chapter in my life I felt like I'd done the political thing I had sort of reached the highest levels of politics I such as privileged work in the White House serve in the administration that the Obama campaign in 08 was like a fairy tale and um, and you know what's happened in the last few years is I felt very compelled to be more politically active than, than ever and with climate change so much of this does turn on politics and political will so I feel very compelled to, to be as active as possible and this podcast has been such an amazing outlet for that where I'm learning uh, and I'm doing it with people that I, I really enjoy being around and really enjoy being friends with and so to the extent that that's had any value for our listeners, um, you know, I'm grateful I'm grateful for that.
0: Yeah, I got to jump on top of that real quick and also say sincerely that I'm thankful for Victoria. I guess I, I mentioned Brandon and Julia because they're the voices you become familiar with. But what you guys do not know is Victoria had to, I don't remember, if it was vacation or work or something for the last couple of weeks, and we totally fell apart, disorganized. So grateful not just for all that she <laughs> We literally does.
1: didn't record. We but, were like, what day? <laughs> so,
0: yeah, grateful for all that, but also the friendship, one of the most thoughtful people on earth, and gives literally the best presents. The kind of presents you get from someone you know actually listened when you had a conversation. So thank you for Victoria I mean, you guys
1: well. didn't ask for the socks that I gave you, but I felt like you wanted them. <laughs> 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 I read between the lines. No, Not dissing Victoria's gifts at all. <laughs> no, totally. And I echo all of that. We're really piling on here, but... Uh, this is the week to do it. And uh, we are grateful so much to our listeners who tune in every week. You have a lot of ways you could spend your time, but we really do feel like there's some value to this conversation and we're glad to have an engaged and growing audience. So thanks so much. We really appreciate everyone who's left a review. So pitch for that. Uh, If you could hop on Apple Podcasts and leave us a note, if you've got some feedback, we really just want to hear what you have to say and, you know, give us a star rating. We really, you know, it means a lot and helps us grow. So thanks again. Have a wonderful time with your families. Thanks as always for listening. We'll be back next week and round out this crazy year. We're in the final stretch. Uh, So subscribe, review, and tune in next time. Thanks so much.